Welcome to the About That Wallet podcast, show number 15, where today I'll have me and my wife discussing what will happen when stuff hits the fan and also how to deal with it. Um, I have to say that my wife has really helped me understand finances uh, since the first time I've met her to where I am today. So she's kind of like the catalyst that got me started down this rabbit hole of really diving into finances and really wanting to know what is the main thing that is important in my life and also to help me to become a better financial person. So I bring to you today my lovely wife that I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for listening. I would say the biggest thing that happened or or may or that I had to get prepared for that actually didn't end up happening but was a very likely possibility is when my dad got very sick. Um my dad died in May of 2018 but before that um he lived largely on his own. Welcome to the About That Wallet show where today's guest is a very important person to me who have showed me quite a few things about finances and guided me through a lot of the trials and tribulations regarding finances and also in life. And yeah, I think you all are really going to enjoy this particular person. And she is my wife my lovely wife, Lindsay. Yay. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. So, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with this show, I'm sure you've been listening from time to time. Um, and for those of you who are new to the show, I usually start off with the first segment is just a little bit about the history. The second segment is about strategies regarding uh, different particular areas of finances. And then the third segment is to kind of talk about the features of you know that particular area regarding finances. So for today's show, I really wanted to bring you on to kind of discuss about when a lot of stuff hits the fan um, and kind of dealing with a lot of uh, financial moves at one time. So if you could just kind of give the audience a little bit of background about yourself. Like, where did, where did you learn about money? I grew up talking about money or having my father talk to me about money. Um, he was very adamant that I learn money he he had gotten it into his head that it's better to have your money working for you, which of course we all know, than for you to be working for your money. Um, however, it was kind of extreme measures on his part. He had me learning how to read mutual fund returns in the paper when I was eight which in my opinion is a little too young to be diving that deep into finances, but a lot of the other fundamentals um, stuck with me, which was the main one was save a dime out of every dollar you make. Um, You can either do, you can do three things with money. You can either spend it, save it or invest it. Um, And also he taught me about not being too tight-fisted with it. Like, yes, you should have a rainy day fund, but at the same time, you can't take it with you. So, you know, life is short. You might as well get what you want by quality so you don't have to buy it twice. Those kinds of lessons. And then also my... um my upbringing was kind of segmented into before my parents separated and after my parents separated. And before my parents separated, we kind of had 
I guess I was kind of like a typical, was a typical childhood in that I didn't really know a lot about what the finances were in the household. We seemed like we were comfortable. We had a house. I had my own room. I never was worrying about where my next meal was going to come from or if, you know, I was going to have a place to live. But when my parents separated, my mother and I um, were not as financially stable. And so that particular part of my childhood and young adulthood is where I really learned um, conservatism about money because I I saw what my mother was was having to face and I didn't want to find myself in a similar situation when I got in, got out onto my own. So it's it's all of those things combined. But I would say of the two of my parents, my dad was really the one who made it a point to talk to me about money as opposed to my mother kind of just didn't really talk about it, but I knew it was an issue. And so now it's just like, oh yeah, raining money now all of a sudden, or like just enjoying things was like, like far as now to get older mm-hmm. and going through the process, do you feel as though your history still kind of maps on how you portray finances now or? Definitely. I always act like I don't have money even when I do. Um, (laughs) And it's only now that I'm well into adulthood that I'm learning or really trying to put into practice what what I said my dad would say, which is you can't take it with you. You might as well enjoy your money while you have it, so long as you're being responsible with it. But in my early 20s and even late 20s, early 30s, I wasn't making very much money at all. I made enough money to support myself and I made enough money to save. Um, I didn't have any debt, but at the same time, I I counted everything to the penny. Um, I was very anal about recording every single expense and making sure that I had enough money left over to save every paycheck. And I actually still am that way, but I've kind of like loosened my grip on myself a little bit. I allow myself if I, I don't know, want to eat at a restaurant or something like that. I don't, scramble to figure out what I'm going to cut elsewhere so that I can still meet my savings goal for the month. I'm in a better place, but also I think that I'm in that better place because I was so regimented early on. So give and take. So it sounds like um, I really had a a good place in putting up that, that foundation of even with those couple one-liner sentences that it was, um, it resonated throughout your life. Um, yeah. I mean, he was saying them a lot. Right. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they were one-liners, but my dad was very repetitive about those things. And I think it probably came from him kind of rebuilding his financial position after, like I said, my parents split and I didn't, even learn the extent to which either of my parents were hurt financially by the divorce until I got to be much older. So he had to really kind of buckle down and pay off his debts and do it, do what he had to do so that he could get himself comfortable. And I think as he was in the process of doing that, it came out to me as these little nuggets Gotcha. So did like your mom? Because I know during a divorce process, I, I mean it's a it's a hard thing to go through even as a child, um, and being affected as you already have a, a expressed already of seeing that financial split from the household to you know a, as you could say not unstable as you mm-hmm. were financially. Um, but 
seeing that, but be able to live through those two um, extremes, because I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have either experienced it or actually going through it now of that particular breakup and trying to live through it. Would it, would it be fair that um, having that foundation, that financial foundation um, as a dual income, is that like similar, like a good thing from what you see? Or is it just kind of like, you know, it's not, obviously it's not just money, but it kind of has uh, an impact on the child uh, from that level. So is your question like, is like, what was the impact of my parents starting off married and having two incomes? Yes. Is that the question? Yes. Um, I might have been too young to know. Because like I said, my parents separated when I was eight. So before that, I mean, I, I have memories of living in the house with my parents. But again, as a child, you're not really, I mean, unless there's something very, very dire going on in the household, you're not really aware of how much your your how much money your parents have you just know what that money provides to you and when my parents split up i never went without those things food shelter clothing etc my my education even didn't change but my mother kept a lot from me as far as like how she was how she was making sure that that happened. And again, that's not something that I knew until I was much older. So I guess I, I guess the answer to your question is, I don't know. Does your mom like instill any, um, any like little nuggets like your, like your dad did? Yes, but not direct, not as directly. It wasn't, you know, Lindsay, let me talk to you about money, which is what my dad did a lot. It was, it's more like I've, I've watched my mother and I see what her attitudes toward money are, especially now that we are both adults and we can talk a little more freely to each other. Um, Her attitude toward money is more of the, it'll all work out field of like school of thought. Um, And I think that's, that's a good attitude to have tempered with (laughs) um, (laughs) my proclivities to be very regimented and record every expense and balance everything every time I get paid and things like that. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So it seems like like your mom's more like a free-willed person. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Which is it's pretty cool to kind of have that that dual mindset um, as you come along to kind of see what what really works, what sticks, what doesn't, and it seems like you actually picked up on what a lot of the 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 negatives that also come with both aspects of of that particular of those particular mindsets. Um, so let's kind of go through a little bit of the. Let's move on to the, the next segment um, because I really want to dive into like as you're getting older. So you talked about your adolescence and uh, with the breakup of the parents. And as you've gotten older, you started taking more and more into um, diving into your finances and making sure you document everything. But um, far as like strategies, like what do you think as you got older, like what type of strategies that you've uh, came across that actually have been really helpful for you getting older? They're probably the same strategies that I had when I was, well, I guess I should back up and start from when I first moved out into my own apartment. I was terrified to do it, but I knew that I needed to because I needed to see if I could live on the salary I was making. Um, I'm from the DC area, which as we all know is a high cost of living area. My first job out of college, I was making $38,000 a year. um, And that's in 2007 dollars. But even then, 
my salary was on the low side. So in taking this plunge of uh, renting my own apartment, no roommate, I'd, I'd planned to have a roommate, but I had two options fall through. So I decided to strike out on my own. That's when I started recording every expense because I wanted to make sure that in taking on this, taking on what was essentially the largest expense that I had ever had recurring in my life, because I had never paid rent before, um, I wanted to make sure that I was truly living within my means. Now, for me, that looked like kind of starting each pay period because I got paid twice a month when I first got out of college. So the 15th and the last month, last day of every month that started for me with making sure that whatever was in my paycheck on the day I got, or whatever was in my bank account on the day I got paid was what was in my paycheck. Because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll have money left over from their last paycheck and they'll, they'll just kind of roll it forward into the new pay period. And they're like, oh, I have all this money when really you are effectively living beyond your needs. And I really, the only way I could think of to make sure I wasn't doing that is to start each pay period with exactly what was in my paycheck. What did I do with the leftover? I put it in savings. So if I didn't have anything left over at the end of the pay period, that meant that I was outside of my range, basically. So that's been something that I've carried with me um, these last 13, 12 years. Um, I still do that. It's a habit now. I still record every expense. Um, and I think those are the two big ones for me. I never had a a budget, like a rigid budget. I always was aware of where my money was going though, which is, which is what I think that budgeting in the typical sense is meant to foster. So because I always knew exactly where everything was going, I never felt like I needed to have a budget because I knew I could look back and say, okay, I spent $70 on groceries this month and I spent $35 on gas or whatever the case is. And I I listen to financial, well, I don't listen, I read financial, personal finance stuff pretty regularly. And that's one of the things that people say that you need to do is you before you can make any improvements, you have to know where you're spending. So I would say that's, that's a key strategy. Yeah, because it sounds like you're doing a lot of... Um which is known in the financial space, as you know, or aware of, it's just like zero-based budgeting, just to kind of make sure like, all right, you you have your paycheck and you essentially is clearing out your checking account wherever it's at to zero. So you know where every money went to, all your bills are paid, your savings are paid, which is yourself. And then also moving forward from there, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. And another so, thing I do, sorry, uh, <laughs> another thing I do is, is I do pay myself off the top. So I have, nice. and in addition to the money that I set, that I put into savings that's left over from my paycheck every pay period, at the beginning of the pay period, when I get paid, I pay myself 10%. So I have an automatic transfer to a different bank account of 10% of my paycheck non-negotiably. So that already starts me out living at 90% of my net income. So I already know that I'm living below my means, but I I just have to take it a step further and do all that other stuff I was talking about earlier. Yeah, because it sounds like uh, it goes back to what your dad was saying, which is that saving that 10% of every dollar or that 10 cents of each dollar that you earn, mm-hmm. uh, which 10%. So I guess those nuggets, even though he was like saying it all the time, mm-hmm. uh, to affect your, your day-to-day life. So it seems to be really important um, in your lifestyle. Definitely. And then, so even though you are saving that 10%, and then on top of that, you're saving an additional monies because you didn't use up your whole paycheck. Mm-hmm. 
And then on top of that, you get another paycheck and you're repeating that process. Correct. That is awesome. Thank you. That's probably why I love you. (laughs) (laughs) It's some of the simple things that you, you know, like a lot of people overlook and, and I have a feeling that um, I, one day I, I will eventually get to your level of of mindset in that area. Well, not everybody is as detailed as I am. So I'm not saying that it is realistic for everybody to record every single expense. Um, and And the other thing I should mention is that I do that by hand. I don't use Mint or one of those those things that purport to do it for you. I've tried it, but the reason why I stopped using it is because it's not detailed enough for me. A lot of the transactions ended up in like a miscellaneous category or in the wrong category. So I have my own spreadsheet and I'm recording all of my expenses. Now it's not that difficult, but it does involve me checking my bank account a lot to make sure, (laughs) you know, to check my expenses and things like that. So how often are you checking out your uh, your bank account? Every time I swipe my card. Or nice. or if I manage to like keep the receipt, I just, you know, enter it as soon as I spend it. You're listening to the About That Wallet podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. If you are enjoying this episode or finding anything useful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere on the internet. It is one of the best ways you can help new listeners find me, such as yourself. You can always support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash about that wallet or anchor.fm forward slash about that wallet. So. Okay, so let's get um only because I know some of your history, but I, I really want to dive into so um which is the main area of this, which is like when a lot of stuff hits the fan. Like, what are a lot of the financial burdens as um, as you got older? Have you come across that you had to overcome or try to pivot your lifestyle to kind of make sure things happen? Um, financially, uh, for your your mindset and your, as you could say, because um, it, it seems like you already have things planned out for the basic day to day stuff. All right, yeah, you record your expenses, you go to work, and you come home and you spend the money essentially. But mm-hmm. then, like, what is it for those folks? Because I've seen where some people actually. Um, had to move in their parents or all of a sudden or didn't they decide to have children all of a sudden or didn't decide to have children and or just things happening in life of that nature so has anything like that happened in your lifestyle where you had to get actually had to stop doing things and just try to it's, it's almost like a like stop life type deal, and it throws your regimen off. So has anything like that come in your lifestyle? I would say the biggest thing that happened, or or may, or that I had to get prepared for, that actually didn't end up happening, but was a very likely possibility, is when my dad got very sick. Um, my dad died in May of 2018, but before that, um, he lived largely on his own in a house that he owned by himself. And when he got really, really ill, he, it was, he was not able to navigate the house the way he was used to. So his mobility was compromised. Um, he didn't feel comfortable driving anymore. He couldn't really get up and down the stairs, those kinds of things. So it was going to be very likely that I was going to have to either move into my dad's house and or facilitate his care while 
um, he recovered from treatments. Now that didn't end up happening quite as I thought it might, but I was fully prepared. Actually, the only thing I really had to do, he had gotten out of um, a rehab facility after having been in the hospital for radiation therapy. And I kind of had to scramble to get him the round 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 the clock care that he needed and that I couldn't pro- provide because I wasn't trained for it a and b because I had just started a new job of my own and I couldn't just stop working um so I had to end up hiring um a nursing company and they sent people to work 12 hour shifts to to assist my dad um that's not quite the same thing that you're asking about but it's the closest thing that I've had to do and that I'm I'm thankful that I already had the regimens about money that I was just describing because I was able to pay for that out of my savings I didn't have to worry about um any kind of insurance or reimbursement or whatever, because that kind of care, it really only gets paid for with long-term care insurance, I think, which my dad didn't have. Um, So it was going to have to come out of my pocket anyway, and it did. Um, I didn't have to do that for very long, but it was still a pretty hefty expense. And then when my dad died, I was able to pay for the funeral expenses, the estate expenses, and all of those kinds of things out of my own savings as well, which turned out to be a good thing because the process by which people are reimbursed, either via life insurance or what have you, can be a long and drawn out process. And it was nice that I had the money set aside, not necessarily for that, but that I just had the money so that I didn't have, I could move things along much quicker. Likewise, (laughs) once my dad died, um, I inherited his house. And with that comes another set of expenses. You got to move into the house. You have to, um, you have to have the house titled in your name. That costs money. You have to do all of these other things. He had cars. I'd have those titled in my names. All of that costs money. And that was also around the time that we were planning our wedding reception. So it was like four or five straight months where every time I'm turning around, I'm handing somebody money. But I had savings. So it wasn't it wasn't as hard of a hit as it could have been. But that's that's about as close as it's ever gotten for me. I got you. Well, first off, I want to say um, from everybody that's listening, my condolences. Um, but, you know, I've been there with you throughout this whole process. And I know how hard you worked um, to, to make sure everything was great and, you know, stable at least for yourself and your sanity, as well as, you know, our relationship to make sure that it didn't hinder it as well. But you know, I was always there for you, baby. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about the money. And and realistically, that was a big money thing. Because yeah. you remember there was a time when remember they were going to they were going to discharge my dad and they only let they only gave me a weekend's notice. Yeah, that was and, ridiculous. And then and then we had to figure out or I had to figure out where he was going to go because he couldn't come home because as I said, he couldn't navigate his home. There was talk of a, you know, a, an assisted living facility, which was going to cost money, a lot of money actually. Um, so yeah. It's, uh, you had a lot of, but as you mentioned before, because you had this whole buildup of, of savings and, 
making sure that you're prepared you know even it's almost like you're preparing without even knowing for such an event that it, it just kind of like played out the way it needed to be played it out played out yeah um if you know looking at it from obviously 20 feet away uh, maybe even 100 feet away it's um just looking at it, it you've these skills and the stuff that you've been through in your history have set you up to to handle such things because I'm just thinking for the people that aren't preparing themselves now for the inevitable and understanding that you know one day you need to be in this position to take care of your parents or not even just your parents, but it could be your aunts or uncles, depending on how closely related you are, or even as a brother and sister, uh, for those of people who have them. And just to try to make sure that you can, you can really like not be hurting where every, because obviously it takes energy and it takes your money to actually to use it as a tool, you you don't have the enough tools to kind of help, you know, the the loved ones that you care for, and without that that foundation, you can easily get lost in that whole process. And I and I commend you on you know making sure that you had this particular regimen and continuing on uh, as things go on, and, and it seemed like it has made life a little not to say easy, but it's manageable to process especially when you have that tool available at your disposal definitely um, yeah so is um as far as a, a strategy um i think this could be like one last strategy for like folks who who aren't really prepared now what type of things that they can do to kind of prepare um or take away from your story that will kind of set them up uh, for such things coming, such as, uh, like I already said, just to say the 10% and so forth. Is there anything of that nature to kind of prepare them for it? or By it, do you mean their impending demise? Um, it meaning far as those, uh, those situations that just kind of throw you off your game a little bit so that you're, you're not prepared when a lot of stuff happening. Um, yeah, I guess the, be- the, the best thing I could say is save what you can as frequently as you can, because even if you have something set aside, it's better than nothing. The statistic that con- cons- consistently blows me away that I keep hearing and seeing is that Americans generally are unprepared for an unexpected expense of what is it like $400 or something like that? It's 400. Um, yeah. So even if you had, you know, a hundred dollars of that saved up, it might not be as big of a hit if you didn't have it. So just something. Okay. Not saying it's easy, but yeah, it's the whole purpose of it. Like being just coming up, it's almost like an emergency fund set up just for emergencies. Precisely. Yeah. So let's um let's move on to the third segment of the show, um, which is talking about the features of dealing with um, finances um, in this essence of things happening. So as far as moving forward, what do you, do you feel as though people are gonna be more in tune in their finances going forward, especially during the COVID times and as people are losing their homes now because they didn't prepare prior, do you, do you feel, like how do you feel uh, the future is going to look like uh, as far as people in their finances. I have no idea. And, you know, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, what is the future going to look like? Because, yeah, 
you can talk all you want about being prepared, but this is something that no one has ever seen before. Um, so if you happen to work in an industry that is really suffering right now, no amount of preparation can can truly prepare you for the wipeout of your industry or the very severe contraction of the industry that you happen to work in. Um, but for the rest of us whose jobs may not fall into those industry categories or that might be essential where we're still bringing in a paycheck, but perhaps risking other things just to bring it in. Yeah, I would hope that people have have heart to hearts with themselves and and see where they can where they can cut and also just get perspective on what is important and what isn't important. I myself have during the pandemic really been a lot more judicious about using things that I already have as opposed to buying new things or and and also being more judicious about things like food waste and you know making sure that the vegetables are stored better in the refrigerator so that we're not wasting that money um that's that's pretty granular but to me i think that's just where we might end up especially cuz i was really freaked out about the I guess they weren't truly food shortages, but they just seemed that way because the supply chain couldn't keep up with the demand or whatever in grocery stores early on. But that's what really like got me in gear. So yeah, I would hope I would hope so. But we are a consumerist society after all, so who can say? Yeah. I think that's probably like one of the uh, a very good answer for us future. I mean, we all don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Miss Cleo. <laughs> Call me now for your free meeting. Whatever happened to that lady? I don't know. Yeah, we need her back. Doing it. like no, we don't. Yeah. See, and that's that's exactly. <laughs> The kind of expense <laughs> that is not important. <laughs> I mean, I'm she's sure. not. She's not. Those readings weren't free. <laughs> Maybe the first one was, but that's how they get you. Yeah, they always something there, right? All right. Um, is there anything else that you want to add before we uh, go on to the four, the final four questions of the show? Uh, I guess the only thing I would add is that I definitely know how fortunate and blessed I am to be able to have saved, you know, the money that I have saved um, and prepared myself in the way that I was prepared for when the crap hit the fan. Um, I know not everybody is in the same position, but I don't have any student loan debt and that that alone is quite a, a game changer among people my age and so had I had student loan debt I don't know that I would have been able to do the things that I do I don't want to I think that's worth bringing up especially in this in this era where a student loan debt loads are higher and higher um and it's a crisis at this point but that is not something that i had to deal with so for the purposes of keeping it all the way real there yeah. it is well i like that ending because as you know i i have like several six-figure 
student loan debt. And yeah, and a and lot also, of people do. Yeah, and in dealing with uh, during the whole situation, I was trying to get our reception in place while trying to navigate, you know, driving around all over the place with you or even without you. Um, while you handle something, I was handling other things on the back end from the housing and moving and getting things prepped up. Uh, that was something that was really, um, I guess you could say it, it was stressful, but it was at to the point where financially, I think because I've known you for what, a year and a half by that time, like I was still able to build up some savings based on some of the teachings that your dad had taught you and you were teaching me that I was able to save up uh, quite a bit of money to actually, so we can have a successful reception uh, where it wasn't really hurting our pockets um, while also dealing with everything else. So paying for you know, just our day-to-day stuff and trying to make sure that you can use your money to focus on like what was necessary and I took care of what I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really like that um, that we actually compliment each other on that, that way. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, enough about us. <laughs> Let's talk more about you. So, oh, I thought we were done talking about me. Oh, nope, we got uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, final four questions. So, what does wealth mean to you? Wealth does not, well, I guess in the, in the financial sense of the word, wealth means that you are not working for your money, your money is working for you you have enough money to pay for your day-to-day expenses. You have a roof over your head, you have transportation, you have food, you have electricity, you have all those things, but you don't necessarily have to go out and work for money to pay for those things. That to me is wealth. So when when you hear about things as far as like I'm from Prince George's County, which has been called the wealthiest majority black county in the country. However, when the government shut down at the beginning of 2019, end of 2018, this same county is full of people who suddenly are worried about how they're going to pay their bills. And I'm like, okay, so really what you're saying is not that Prince George's County is the wealthiest black county, because if there was so much wealth, then a month without a paycheck wouldn't really be affecting this many people. Um, What you're saying is it's the black county with the highest, I guess, per capita income, which is very different. And I think people conflate those two things. Wealth means you don't have to worry about your next paycheck. High income means just that. You have a high income, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not living up to your income's limit. So that's what wealth means to me in a financial sense. In a broader sense, wealth is your health, your mental and emotional well-being, your peace of mind, how you sleep at night, um, the quality of people in your life, um, and those kinds of things. Well, do you feel like you got a nice quality set of people in your life right now? Yeah, I don't allow low quality people around me. I know that's right. Which I can give you a high five right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's go on to number two. Who is the most influential person, dead or alive? That is a very broad question, and I was reading it <laughs> earlier. I'm like, influential to me? Yes. Or influential in general? I mean, to you. Influential to me 
it would probably be my dad, honestly. In in so many ways, I find myself sounding like him now. I find myself saying things that he would say. I look like him. Um, and as and as I mentioned, the the money lessons that he taught me are ones that I have carried and still carry. All right. And number three, what book has been the most inspirational to you? That's actually a difficult one because for one thing, when I read for pleasure, it's usually fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the... I don't know. Favorite and inspirational are two different things, right? Yes. (laughs) I would say the most recent inspirational book I've read that stuck with me is probably Grit, which I borrowed from you by Angela Duckworth. Um, Because I am in the process of completing something that's been in the works for a long time now and I'm at that final step and it's really hard to keep going because it's not a difficult or it's not an easy undertaking and that book reminded me how gritty I am and grit I believe is I don't remember the actual definition but it's basically how well you are at seeing something through to the end and continuing to try and persistence and things like that. And it just reminded me that I am somebody who finishes what she starts. And so as with other things, I got to finish what I started. Yeah, the the book is really good. Um, It's a short read uh, for those of you who haven't heard of it. Um, But I I really do highly recommend uh, this book, especially during COVID times and trying to figure out what do you what are your plans are are going forward. Um, I, I do I did enjoy the book, especially when she talked about the grit score. Um, however, I do believe that the book is a lot longer than it needs to be because uh, I think what the first two chapters was really all you needed. You say that about every book. Well, I mean, have you you've read some of the books I have around you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I thought that. You're right. It didn't need to be as long, but I thought that all of the research and examples and anecdotes that she gave served an important purpose in making her point. So, like, yeah, you could just say, okay, this is grit and this is the grit scale of the end, but I'm glad she didn't. Okay. Well, for those of you who like stats and understanding why, then Yes. It, it's ample amount of research there. All right, so the final four question, the fourth question, what is your favorite pastry? Is pie a pastry? Yes. Matter of fact, I might need to start changing this question to what is your, are you a pie, are you team pie or team cake? I that's agree that that's that's a good question, but yeah, yeah, for the, yeah. for the record, I'm Team Pie. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I would say that my favorite, if well done, is apple pie. The American pie. Mm-hmm. All right. Any reason why? Why? Why that? What's not to like? It's apples. It's crust. It's sugar. <laughs> all in one package even mcdonald's apple pies are good but when they warm they usually are i think i mean don't slander mcdonald's like that they their their apple pies are good all right i'll, I'll add that to the list of things to get next time i go out <laughs> 
Yes, I know unnecessary spending. Right. Yeah, but we weren't talking about the unnecessary things that you buy, but we can if you like. The the unnecessary stuff that I buy? Yeah. I don't think we need to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, you got something you want to say? We can can edit this out. You sure? Mm -hmm. No, we got it. Let's let's keep rolling. No, we don't have to do that. That I purchased. Hmm? What unnecessary things that I purchased? All of your snacks. <laughs> All my fat snacks. Exactly. Eat my honey buns. Especially your honey buns. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this was great. Uh, maybe you enjoyed yourself. I did. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. So if anybody um, really want to check out the book, I'll actually put the link to the book in the show notes, which is grit. And I I really had this fun time with you, baby. This is, uh, and thank you again for sharing and taking the time to to talk about your story uh, with the audience here today. I know it wasn't it was a, a tough time, and and again, I think a lot of people need to hear this, especially with people passing away during COVID and trying to figure out what to do with their next steps. And I, I think we had a lot of good strategies here to to kind of get people ready uh, for what's to come. I hope so. All right. Yeah, it's it's not easy. All right. Cool. Cool. So. Everybody, thank you again for staying for another show of the About That Wallet podcast. Well, that concludes this episode of About That Wallet. I hope this topic was helpful. If you want to get the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Remember, it is your duty to know about that wallet. Take care, be safe, I'm out, peace.